This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grawn, your whale. From giants right down to fairies, above the drooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Marrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore, mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 210 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, I'm very excited to share a tale from the trickster god of West African, Jamaican, and African-American folklore. This is the tale of the spider god Anansi and the sky god stories. Uh, But first, a very big welcome to any new and any returning listeners. If you're a brand new listener and this is your first episode, this episode is a bit of a departure from the normal routine that we have on Fireside, which primarily is focused on Irish folklore mythology over the coming, over the previous four years. But uh, these are new tales that we are doing now every couple of weeks, uh, spreading it around and dipping into other cultures folklore and mythology just to all tie it in nice and together in this one big sea and ocean of beautiful characters and creatures and cultures and stories. Um, So if this is your first episode, you're very welcome to listen to this one to get a taste of the podcast. And if you do like it, why don't you head back perhaps even all the way to episode one and see what we've been building to the journey of Fireside thus far. And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so much for your continued support. All the usual ways you can support the podcast, you can do so by following me over on Instagram at FiresideBard or emailing me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Those are the two best places to get in touch. If you have any questions, queries, or if you just want our requests or just want to say hello, those are the best places to get me. Um, you can buy my book, Garden Sea, my poetry book, A Neo-Myth of Home, which is available in paperback from the Headstuff website or in uh, Kindle form from Amazon. We can ship the paperback anywhere around the world. And the final way you can support the podcast, aside from sharing the good name of it around the place, is by supporting it on Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com, where for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay more if you want, you can gain access to bonus material, not just for Fireside, but for all of the podcasts on the the Headstuff Podcast Network. And there are plenty more of them growing each and every month throughout the year. Those are all the cells out of the way. So you're all very welcome. It's great to be recording to you again. I am still at home. Um, I am back in Ireland for a little foreseeable. Um, I'm going to be traveling a little bit for the next week. I actually just said I'm home for the foreseeable. Um, I'm going over to London for a couple of days and then I'll be back in America just for three days. Um, But it's 
just trying to start to settle back somewhere and figure out what the next step for myself, both personally and creatively is. And uh, But rest assured, the f- podcast will always come with me wherever that is. But it's always nice coming home and recording back in home and not having to worry about hotel rooms or spaces or, or times where a positive acoustic environment might be possible and the bit of privacy to record. So it's always nice recording in the comfort of my own home. The story for this week is, as I said at the end of the of last week's episode, is a character I've wanted to do since very, very near the beginning of this podcast because a huge influence on this podcast has always been the work of Neil Gaiman. And in two of his works, um, American Gods, and one of my personal favorites, Nancy Boys, he features very prominently the character of Mr. Nancy, who is an iteration of the West African, Jamaican, and African-American spider god, Anansi. Anansi is, he's the trickster god, the god of storytelling, and he is just a wonderful character who Gaiman was my introduction to, but then I went back to the sources and started to read some of his others. And I became fascinated by him, first of all, for his nature of being a spider. Trickster gods are always my favorite anyway. That's why I love Loki, I love Maui, and Anansi is one of the the top dogs there as well. And most of all, the, the story that I picked Um, and it is one of the most celebrated of the Anansi tales, is the origin of stories. And naturally, I loved that because there is no iteration of that that I have found in Irish folklore or mythology for something that is so uh, beloved and so important, not only to the Irish, but to people in general. So I always love outside-the-box origin stories for the concepts that we take for granted. So we will check chat more afterwards of course but this is Anansi and the Sky God Stories on Fireside Anansi and the Sky God Stories Stories are wonderful things Stories are what make us uniquely human They are how we entertain educate and inform each other They are how humans have protected and remembered culture and history and heritage, and they are still today one of the few things we humans have that is ours and that we can share amongst each other for free. A story belongs to you until you share it, and then it belongs to everyone. But where did stories come from? In Ireland, we have no memory of a time before storytelling. The Old Norse had a story for where great poetry comes from, a gift from the god Odin to the Aesir. But what about stories? For that, we must look to the West African trickster god, Anansi. Anansi came from the Ashanti tribe, the Akan people of Ghana. Anansi is a spider. Some say he has the body of a spider and the face of a man. Some say he looks like a man, but with eight legs. But he was the spider, because Anansi simply means spider. And although he was not human, Anansi loved us. But humans in Anansi's time were miserable, because they had nothing to make them happy. Anansi hated to see the humans sad and longed for a way to help them. 
But the spider had heard the sky god Nyambe had a gift that could do the trick. The sky god had stories. Stories that were only allowed to be told in his kingdom and were forbidden from being shared with the mortal world. So Anansi began to spin a web up to the kingdom of the sky god. Welcome, Anansi, said Nyambe at the spider's arrival. Have you come to hear another of my incredible stories? Not today, Nyambe. I actually have a request for you. The humans below have no source of joy in this life. If you were to share your wonderful stories with them and give them the power to create their own, then they could have a culture and a source of entertainment. They could be happy. And why would I give up my precious stories for mere mortals to taint? You have so many tales, Nyambe. Surely you could part with a few. Perhaps I could pay you or do something for you. The sky god laughed. Ha! Many kings and entire towns from down below have made such a request. Far richer and more powerful folk than a spider. What could a masterless man such as yourself possibly pay? Nyambe was reluctant to give away his most favorite of things, but he didn't want to appear cruel or selfish. He knew Anansi was a trickster, so the sky god sought to outwit the spider. Very well, Anansi. I will accept no payment from you. I have no need for money. But I do have a request. The Sky God's demands were for Anansi to capture the four most dangerous and elusive creatures in the entire world. There was Onini, the great python, Osebo, the leopard, Moatia, the fairy, and Mobaro, the hornet. Nyambe was in no doubt that Anansi would not be able to catch even one of these. But the spider smiled, thanked the god, and went off on his quest. Anansi was a trickster because he was a seemingly small and weak man, so he had to rely on his wits and his cunning to survive. But the spider's real secret weapon was his wife, Eso. Together, the two of them made four different plans for capturing the four creatures. First, Anansi and Eso went to the river where the python lived. Anansi carried a long branch of a palm leaf. He called to the python, Onini, I do beg your pardon, but my wife and I have been having an argument, and we were wondering if your wisdom could settle the matter. The great python slithered over to the spider and his wife. Certainly. What is the issue? Anansi went on, My wife doesn't believe that you are the longest creature in the world. I personally think she's wrong. Could we trouble you to allow us to measure you with this palm branch? The python was proud and arrogant, and so agreed. Onini slithered beside the branch. No, no, said Anansi. Your tail and head keep curling. We cannot appreciate the full scale of your magnificence. I suppose I could tie you to the branch to 
fully stretch you out. Sounds good, said Onini. When the spider tied the python to the branch, the python realized he had been tricked. He writhed and thrashed, but the web and branch were too strong. That's one taken care of, said the laughing spider. Next, Anansi sought the Moboro hornets. The spider held a banana leaf over his head and with a ceramic jar poured water onto the leaf. The spider cried out to the hornets, Hurry! It's beginning to rain! Take refuge in this dry jar! Hornets hate rain more than just about anything else, and so they swarmed out of their hive and into the jar, at which point Anansi sealed the vessel with a cork. He shook the jar and said, Two down, two to go. Osebo the leopard would be tricky. Leopards are swift, cunning, and vicious predators. Anansi knew that if he went to the domain of Osebo, he would have to catch him quickly, before the leopard devoured the spider. So Anansi dug a hole and covered it with leaves and branches. He then stood with his back to the hole. Sure enough, it was not long before the spider heard a roar and a hiss and the pounce of a great cat as it attacked, only to fall down into the hole. Osebo, Anansi called down. Let me help you out of this hole. I will lower down my web. The spider spun a web down for the leopard to climb up. But when Osebo reached the top, Anansi continued to spin until the big cat was trapped in web. For the final creature of the hunt, Anansi had to use all the trickery at his disposal. Moatia was a fairy and so a particularly elusive and dangerous challenge. So the spider carved a puppet. Using his web for string, Anansi created the first marionette, the primeval Pinocchio, if you will. The spider then covered the puppet in a sticky gum before bringing it to the land of Moatia and placing it before a delicious plate of yam paste. The fairy soon arrived. What a delightful smell. Excuse me, stranger. May I taste some of your yams? From his hiding place, pulling the web strings, Anansi made the puppet nod its head. Moatia devoured the paste and thanked the puppet. Anansi did not move the strings this time. Fairies, above all else, must never be disrespected. And when Moatia received no reply, she struck the puppet on the head. The gum made the hand stick fast. The fairy panicked and tried to kick herself free, and her leg stuck to the puppet's chest. Anansi then revealed himself and wrapped Moatia up in web. With the four creatures captured, Onini the python, Moboro the hornets, Osebo the leopard, and Moatia the fairy, Anansi finally returned to the kingdom of Nyambe, the sky god. Nyambe could not believe his eyes. 
How could Anansi, a mere spider, capture the deadliest creatures in all the world? The sky god was devastated at the prospect of sharing his stories. But a deal was a deal, and the respect that Nyambe now had for Anansi made the sky god go one further. Very well, Anansi. You have completed my request, and so I will allow you to share my stories with the mortal world. But now it is you who will be the god of stories, and these stories will no longer be called sky god stories. They will be Anansi stories, spider stories. And this is how we humble mortal humans received the stories of the gods. This is that story which I have related. If it be sweet, or if it be not sweet, take some elsewhere, and let some come back to me. The End Hey guys, Tom Moran here. I am the host of Personality Bingo, a podcast where we put 60 minutes on the clock. We've got a bingo machine with 60 balls in it. Here you go. And we've got 60 corresponding questions. The questions can be anything from have you ever seen a ghost to what's the most important quality for you in a romantic partner to have you ever or would you ever consider seeing a fortune teller. In season two of Personality Bingo, we've got episodes with Brezzy. We've got Emma Kerwin. We've got Justine Stafford. If you want to go back into the archives, we've got 130 episodes there, including episodes with Paul Meskel. That's Personality Bingo with me, Tom Moore. And there we have the wonderful tale of Anansi and the Sky God stories on Fireside. And I hope you all enjoyed it. Yes, again, just to have an origin story, to have a story about origin stories of stories, is uh, it's surprisingly meta for something as old as it is and belonging to the oral tradition of, of a people some that could be up to or over a thousand years old. But then again, it's no different than the Greeks constructing Zeus as a reason for why the sky gets angry, or the Norse, the same with Thor, of why there is rain and thunder. And this is what mythology was was used for in one of its original senses. It was to give humans a reason why things happened. So it's wonderful to know that a story that has existed and survived in an oral tradition for hundreds and or over a thousand years years um that it shows that stories have always been appreciated and that they have always been treated as a magical thing or something that would have originally belonged to the gods and that it was a gift from the gods too and more of more than that that it was this one god this trickster this spider who was the one who did not steal the gods, but through his own wit and cunning and intelligence, managed to do something for humanity, something so great as giving them the gift of storytelling. And Anansi, like many trickster gods, is often morally ambiguous in his stories. 
He often acts out of selfishness or fun or boredom. Uh, but this is one of these great kindnesses and this great gift that he came. Because a huge amount of Anansi's tales involve his rivalry with other animals, and uh, most notoriously with Tiger. And Tiger is portrayed as a tiger, or he's sometimes portrayed like a man, like Anansi himself, who either is literally a spider, he is a man called spider, or he is a spider with a human face, or a human with spider legs. And there's a brilliant description that uh, Stephen Fry gives in his book Mythos of the original, the, the primordial, primeval gods of ancient Greece, gods such as um, Oronos and Gaia and Tartarus, gods that existed before the ones that we know more so as as the Titans, such as Kronos and Rhea, or the Olympians like Zeus and Hera and Apollo and Hermes. Those we know much more in a human form, but the likes of Uranus and Gaia and Tartarus and Tethys and all of these original, original gods, they have less shape and less form. And Stephen Fry wonderfully compares it to Pong, that you can view the journey of the ancients in Greece to the development of graphics in video games, that the imagery of the original gods is quite crude that they are so Gaia for example as the earth mother she both has a sort of human human form but she also is the earth itself so when Gaia is giving birth you imagine her giving birth as a woman but she also is the planet on which we live so there is a huge abstraction and surrealism to truly ancient beings and Anansi, I feel, falls a little bit in that category in that he is almost formless or he just has these many forms and he is whoever and whatever you want him to be in your head. So as you listened to this story, did you picture him as a man? Did you picture him as a spider? Did you picture him as some kind of monster? What form did Anansi, did the spider trickster god take in your head? Uh, speaking of a uh, tiger, so in... For those who haven't read it, in, in Neil Gaiman's book, in Anansi Boys, which is about the two children, uh, two of the children of Anansi, and Tiger appears as a primary antagonist in that story, in the world of the old gods, which um, the two protagonists go to, um, one of whom is called Spider and the other is called Fat Charlie. And Tiger is is penned as this this major antagonist in the story, and interestingly, in Anansi Boys, it is Tiger who was the keeper of stories. And Anansi tricked the tiger into giving him the stories because when Tiger had the stories, they were all evil stories and wicked stories. And Anansi wanted storytelling to be a benevolent thing or capable of healing and bringing joy and happiness to human beings. So in a few of the, I read a few different versions of this tale and drew from a couple of different ones. Um, I certainly liked one that had the reference to Anansi's wife and has a reference to her as a source of his intelligence and wit because some just left her out and I wanted to give Asso her, uh, her cameo at the very least. What is interesting is that in the different 
versions of the story that I found, which had in there different variations. I read a good few tiger stories and looked through the tiger tales, as there are many, as his as Anansi's primary antagonist in a lot of them. But I couldn't find one in which the tiger took the place of the sky god Nyambe as he does in Neil Gaiman's book. And so it's, of course, possible that Gaiman wanted to incorporate that aspect um, and kind of created something around it. Or it's also as likely or possibly more possible that it is in a sto- in a variation of the story um, and that I just couldn't find that, but that Neil Gaiman was too in his extensive, extensive research. Um, because he, yeah, like he, like I said, he has been such a huge influence on me anyway, and certainly on this podcast. I frequently say that the the, the father, son, and Holy Ghost of this podcast are uh, Philip Pullman, Stephen Fry, and Neil Gaiman for their three respective books on folklore and mythology, Grim Tales for Pullman, Mythos, and the Greek myths with uh, Stephen Fry, and Norse mythology with Gaiman. But it's, of course, Gaiman who goes much further and all of his works or a lot of his works are centered around his own interpretations of various uh, gods and and mythological deities from various uh, from various cultures around the world most notably in in American gods where he has basically all of the old gods from every world culture that ever came to America all living there together um, if you haven't read it, it's well worth. It's very long. It's very, it's very violent and dense. And um, I definitely prefer Anansi Boys to American Gods because Anansi is one of the strongest characters in American Gods. And uh, I just prefer Anansi Boys as a story. Um, it's really, really wonderful, and highly, highly, highly recommend it. Probably, probably my favorite of of Gaiman's books. Um, but yeah, like to of course address it's. I really love this new format for the podcast where we take an Irish myth and an Irish folk tale and then do a world's tale because it allows the the podcast to have the focus and the authenticity of which I've always endeavoured to go about it with. I know that that's why people listen to this podcast and um, because they want to hear the Irish stories um, and. I certainly hope that you all are enjoying the flavor of uh, of having a world's tale every third episode, because I feel like to to experience. I'm never going to do a full, you know, six months on Anansi or on the Arabian Nights or from the Grim Tales or uh, from the Greek myths, because not only is there far, far more sources of that and probably other podcasts that deal with all of those, but there also is the likes of, like, like I said, Stephen Fry, Neil Gaiman and, and uh, Philip Pullman, as well as many, many other great writers who have adapted them and also plenty of people who have the cultural authenticity that I do not possess to adapt folklore and mythology from their respective cultures and Irish is my culture and that is why that has been the focus of this podcast because I wanted to learn more about my own culture and my own culture's folklore and mythology and anything and that else that I've adapted has always been tried to be through a lens of that whether it be in the Irish through the Welsh mythology or the Norse Vikings occupation of Ireland to have explore some Norse myths but I also want to be, stories are ultimately the thing I love the most, stories and songs and poetry, and that doesn't necessarily have to be limited to the Irish. The Irish is what I can bring the authenticity to, and that is what this podcast is very much focused 
on. But for me, truly to be the best, for this to be the best podcast I think it can be and for me to become a better storyteller, a better writer and a better better in adaptation, uh, it feels really wonderful to break down the barriers just a little bit and dip a finger and a hand into these other world, world cultures. Um, because, again, the more stories you read from more cultures, the less difference you see, the more you see every culture finding its own uh, finding its own way to the same stories you know the Campbell as notion of the mono myth and also you get to see stories like this which I've never seen any other culture's version of you know I've never seen certainly not in Ireland um, I'm sure it might be out there in other in other folklores or mythologies that I haven't come across yet but I'd never discovered a character quite like Anansi there are many other trickster gods but for a god to be the god of storytelling kind of specifically and for him to be in the one to have gifted uh, stories to humanity seemed a particularly special thing and something that would work on this podcast and I hope you all agree and I hope this is a story that you enjoy like I hope you enjoyed I hope you enjoy them all naturally but like I hope you did enjoy dipping into the grim and dipping into the Greek myth and dipping into whatever we do next I would say down the line um, I haven't decided what the next world tale will be in a couple of weeks we'll naturally next week have another Thornbow tale then we'll have another Irish folk tale and then three weeks from now uh, we possibly will do one of the Arabian Nights one of the A Thousand and One Nights uh, which are just incredible and um, there where you have stories such as like of genies and Aladdin and Ali Baba and all of these kind of figures and that would be the next thing I think that I would like to dip into but uh, if you are a listener to this podcast who belongs to any of the cultures that uh I am adapting from that are not my own um, I do yes I do want to hear from you all and hear what you all think about what do you think about me doing these stories and is this something that you feel is beneficial or or that you enjoy hearing um, or is it not my place um, I am open to the discussion about it and I think I would be remiss to not address that as an Irish person running an Irish storytelling podcast um, adapting stories from either German folklore or or Arabian folklore or West African folklore, whatever it may be. Um, but it does it does immensely stimulate me at the moment the idea of alternating between the, constantly between the Irish and other cultures um, to just map out this great big world <laughs> um, and just see as many different kinds of stories as can be because they all will feed into each other and they'll make. I feel the podcast all the better. Um, but with that, I will wrap things up. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the tale of An Anansi and the Sky God stories. Um, next week, like I said, we will have another Thornbow tale. We will continue to flesh out the Ulster cycle and the, the Rave Shkela to the Thornbow Kuna. Um, we will, all the usual ways you can support the podcast over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Buy my book, Garden Sea, a Neil Myth of Home from Headstuff or from Amazon. We can ship the paperback all around the world. Uh, support the podcast over at Headstuff Plus uh, on headstuffpodcast.com. All the links are in the description below, as are the links to the main versions that I adapted this um, this story from for you to have a look at if anyone wants to do any further reading on any of it. Um, I will see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. 
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.